I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, December 7th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. So, Jay, $1.21 billion is Canada's trade surplus in October. That's up from $1.1 billion in September, thanks to strong exports of, wait for it, pharmaceutical products and gold bars to the United States of America. I'm not sure what they're doing with all those gold bars there, Jay, but all I can think about is we can't be in a recession if one of our biggest exports is gold bars, can we? I didn't know that was something we exported, did you? I presumably so, but who knew there was such demand for gold bars? But I guess, and, and you, I think they sell them to, manuf- I, we should probably do more research into this, but they probably sell them to, I guess, manufacturers of gold products to melt down and like and turn into like a gold Rolex. And the Federal Reserve presumably puts them in like the Fort Knox. I don't know. I mean, if they want me to take them down, I'm happy to drive down a bunch of gold bars. Yeah. I can cross the border fairly easily, me yeah. rolling up to Fort Knox. You declare, sir, only $10 million in gold bars. I think that's the actual plot of the Italian job. Brett, aside from gold bars heading down south, what do we have for Peak Dolls today? For our first story, Salesforce is struggling. For our second story, there's a new soccer league. And for our last story, COP15 kicks off today. For our first story, a corporate one-two punch has left the executive bench at Salesforce looking a bit empty. Who's in and who's out at Salesforce, Brett? So days after Salesforce co-CEO Brett Taylor, no affiliation in the Brett world, announced he'd stepped down from the role, Salesforce-owned Slack CEO Stuart Butterfield followed suit per TechCrunch. BC-born Butterfield's plans include spending more time with family and to, quote-unquote, generally put time into those things which are harder to do when leading a large organization. The company's chief marketing officer, marketing and brand SVP, president and strategy chief, and CEO of its Tableau product, They're all also leaving the company. So what does it mean for Salesforce? Well, it's not looking great. The cloud company also reported its lowest quarterly revenue growth since its IPO and is anticipating an even worse Q4. So investors, well, they're heading for the exits. Salesforce's value has been in free fall since closing a $27 billion acquisition of Slack in 2021, a pandemic-inspired purchase that was criticized as brash spending. And I'll criticize it for the noise that happens when you actually get a message. But Slack may be FTX's tool of choice to approve expenses, but the platform has lost users in the shift to in-person work and the rise of free alternatives like Discord. Bottom line is this, with shares down 47.5% this year and a string of high-profile exits without a clear succession plan, the company is about to enter a quote-unquote new and difficult chapter. For our second story, after the Canadian men flamed out of the World Cup, sad, a new group is trying to keep soccer fever alive and well with a focus on Canada's historically way better, let's just be honest, women players. Soccer is all the rage now, Jay. What's up with this new league? Well, Canada's first ever pro-women soccer league is set to kick off in 2025 with the backing of Project 8, a company co-founded by former player Diana Matheson. And other players are taking roles in the league's formation with the GOAT, Christine Sinclair, working as an advisor, and Stephanie LeBay as a general manager. Now, the league plans to have eight founding teams, with two teams already confirmed in Calgary and Vancouver. Project 8 also revealed CIBC and Air Canada as its first sponsors and said it plans to sell tickets for $15 to regular season games, as well as two yearly tournaments. Sounds like a great deal. I like that deal a lot. And it matters because Canada is the only country in FIFA's top 20 women's rankings that doesn't have its own domestic pro women's league, meaning our top soccer talent Well, they go elsewhere. This new league aims to keep players at home 
while also capitalizing on the popularity of Canada's fastest growing sport. This upstart league already has a direct competitor, though, in the U.S.-based National Women's Soccer League, the NWSL, where many of Canada's pro women players compete. Now, surely our new league, and this is offensive to the CFL, but we're going to call a spade a spade here, doesn't want to be the CFL of women's soccer. Project 8 pledged to pay similar salaries to other women's leagues to stay competitive and shared ambitions for a future tournament against NWSL teams. Next, a lot still needs to be done, including naming the league. That's Sounds pretty important. Uh, Signing a broadcast deal, getting more sponsors, and finding owners for six other teams. Sinclair reached out to Ryan Reynolds to gauge the famous Canadian sports fans' ownership interest, but he might still be dead set on getting a piece of the Ottawa Senators. Should we put our hat in the ring for a team? It's. I've heard way worse ideas. We've talked about way worse ideas of things. Toronto Peakers. Oh, it's not. Oh, bad. That's not bad. The Toronto Gold Bars. See, we'll bring it back to the first story. Read for our third story, the UN's COP15 Biodiversity Conference commences today in Montreal with over 10,000 participants set to discuss how to protect and increase the world's plant and animal life. Now, Montreal is co-hosting the event with the Chinese city of Kunming, which was the original host before it had to cancel after four postponements due to COVID. On the agenda are 23 targets that could become part of an enforceable UN agreement, the most prominent of which is the so-called 30 by 30 goal, which will require countries to put 30% of their land and sea areas under conservation by 2030. Now, other targets include slashing government subsidies that harm biodiversity, phasing out pesticide use, and requiring all businesses to disclose their impacts on nature. And it matters because species are going extinct at a rate not seen in 10 million years, while 40% of land globally has been classified as degraded. In Canada, forest fires have burnt an average of 2.5 million hectares, annually since 1990, killing untold plants and wildlife, while a new report found that 20% of all native Canadian species are considered at risk of extinction. Yes, but an agreement does not mean Earth's wildlife can suddenly breathe a collective sigh of relief. The last global biodiversity deal expired without achieving any of its goals. This new agreement will require unanimous support from 196 different nations to pass, which could mean some serious compromises for more ambitious targets. It will also need to get big business on board to even be remotely effective. The bottom line is this. The chances of a meaningful deal getting done are 50-50, at least according to Bloomberg. And you can think of it as a heads, let's save the earth or tails, back to the drawing board. I don't like that bet. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a glowing review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, kudos to Portugal. Sure. Have a good one.